Listening to the Bring Them Home Aliyah podcast, hosted by Josh Wander. Welcome back to Bring Them Home. This is Josh Wander speaking from Yushalayim, Mirakodes, Parshat Nachamu. We had a difficult week before us, a difficult week of uh, of dealing with Tisha B'Av and the three weeks, and we're now coming into Tuba'av, where everything is turning around, hopefully for the better. And we have Parashat Nachamu. And as I spoke, uh, I think I mentioned last week, I'm not sure if it was on this show or another, I mentioned the fact that uh, living in, in Galut, living in Chutzla Aretz, that is really the Churban. Living here in Eretz Israel is the Nachamu. And uh, I truly believe that. And I'm fortunate enough, again, to be here with Rav Nachman Kahana and Yerushalayim. And we'd love to hear what he has to say about that subject, the parasha, and anything else he'd like to speak about. Shalom Jas, Shalom, Shalom all of our listeners. Good to be back again with you again. Uh, you mentioned uh, Tuba'av, 15th of Av. I'll start with talking about Tuba'av. The Mishnah says in Mesechta Tanit, Lo yu yamim tovim kiyom kippur v'tuba'av. The most, the happiest days in the Jewish calendar were Yom Kippur and the 15th of Av, obviously starting from a certain period of time. Yom Kippur was happy because of the day of, uh, of their forgiveness. The world says, and we finish saying in Yom Kippur, we finish saying Ne'ilah. Right after Ne'ilah, 30 seconds later, we start saying Ma'riv. And how do we start? Hashem should have <coughs> mercy and pity and forgive us. We just spent the whole day Yom Kippur. We just finished Nanila. What do you mean, who are whom? Who we not, didn't have a chance to make any Averas, Bakhlav? No, there is an Avera. What's the Avera? You don't really believe that Hashem forgave you. That's the Avera. In any event, it's a happy day, Yom Kippur. The girls would go around <coughs> and dance in the streets. And they were looking for Chatanim. Chatanim would look for the Kalot. Uh, not exactly what we do today in Yom Kippur. But I want to speak about the other day, Tuba'av, 15th of Av. Tomorrow says in the Babli Yushami, Yorava <coughs> Menavat, who was the man that divided, succeeded the Mamlacha in the time of Rachavam, the son of Shlomo. He took ten tribes and left Shlomo with Yudah and Binyamin and the Beit Mikdash. In order to make the separation permanent, Yom ben Avad knew he had to make a different kind of religion. Because as long as the people are connected to Yushalayim, there's no real meaning of the separation. So what did he do? He made a different religion. <coughs> he took a <coughs> he took a, a golden uh, cow and put it in Bethel, another one in the north in Dan, and then he closed all the roads to Yushalayim. He put border police 
and for over 300 years, no person in the North, like North Korea, could come down to Yerushalayim. 300 years is a long time for people to forget about the Beis HaMikdash. And they forgot. And then, at the end of this time, then there, was, there was a king, his name was Hoshea ben Ella. Hoshea ben Ella was the last king of the ten tribes. And what did he do? He gave an edict taking away the prohibition of coming to Yishalayim. He opened the way, he took down all of the barriers, he took away the police. Everyone can go to Yishalayim. And because of that, and that edict, and that, that's happened on the 15th of Av, so that was a happy day. So Gamoy asked the question, if he was such a great man, and such a great thing that he did, he opened the way to Yishalayim, why in his generation, why would the Assyrians, why did they exile, why, excuse me, the Babylonians, why did they exile the ten tribes out of Eretz Israel? He did such a great thing. He opened the way to Yishalayim. In his generation, there was the exile of the ten, ten tribes. And Gemara gives a very telling, very biting answer. He opened the way to Yishalayim, but nobody came. Because they forgot about Yushalayim, the Beit HaMikdash, the 300 years from Yoruba Menavat, the Sheer Benun. And then the Gemara castigates him. He should have used his, his, um, his kingly uh, uh, power to force the people to come, not just open up the way. But that's what happened. The Gemara says, when the kingdom and the authorities say you cannot come to Yushalayim, Okay, you're not held accountable. When they say you can come and you don't come, then you're accountable. And what's the punishment? Galut. Okay, that's enough for two bottles. Let's talk about. He said, Nachamu, Nachamu. Hashem will bring compassionate, compassionate to Am Yisrael. Let's talk about that a little bit. <coughs> we just finished now Tisha B'Av. And uh, I wrote this, I'm going to read to you now on, on Tisha B'Av. Okay. A Berlin newspaper, quote, following a day of frantic rescue efforts and orders to evacuate towns rapidly filling with water and loosed by violent storms, the German authorities said late Thursday that after confirming scores of deaths, they were unable to account for at least another 1,300 people. That staggering figure was announced with swift-moving water from swollen rivers surging through cities and villages in two western German states, with a death toll past 90 on Friday, and the hardest hit regions and other fatalities were expected. With communication badly hampered, the authorities were hoping that the missing people were safe, if unreachable, but the storm and the floods have already proved deadly. Okay. I'll come back to this in a moment. I was born one year, three months, and 16 days before the outbreak of World War II. At my birth, there were about 18 million Jews in the world. When I entered grade one in 1944, there were only 12 million. Six million of our people had been murdered in the Shoah, including a million and a half Jewish children just like me. Despite my young age, I was very aware of what was happening. My brother, Meir Hashem Yikom Tamo, 
was an avid collector of news items. He would cut out every day relevant articles from the papers and paste them in a scrap album. When the album was filled, he would place the album in a suitcase and start another one. Very often, he would read or tell me what was happening in the war against the Jewish people. As the years rolled on, I was better equipped to appreciate to what extent we had suffered and what could have happened to us had Germany not been defeated. Today, when I was writing this, the ninth of Menachem Av, I sat on the Tayelet promenade in Talpiot, overlooking the Temple Mount. If you have never been here, well, you lost something. And I was reciting Kinot, Lamentations. My book of Kinot included Lamentations composed by rabbis who had experienced the Shoah and tried to convey what was perpetrated on our people at the hands of the Esavic Amalek Germans and their allies all over Europe. They described in their lamentations the boundless sadistic cruelty, like beasts in a wild friendly attacking herds of timid sheep. They tore from limb to limb millions of our brothers and sisters, men, women, and children in frenetic hate. The fortunate were murdered immediately by shooting. <clears throat> the less fortunate were forced to dig their own graves and were buried alive. And the very, very less fortunate had to live on. Burnt alive, tortured in insane, sadistic manners beyond imagination of even the Satan. Hundreds of thousands, even millions, were shipped to the murder camps and rail cars not fit for animals. They were unable to sit because of the crowding and unbearable summer heat and paralyzing European winter cold. At the camps, they were herded out of the rail cars with whips and bludgeons in front of savage, hungry dogs. The hand movement to the left meant the guest chamber and crematoria. To the right meant body-breaking work disease and medical experiments. Stripped naked, hair cut off, and gold removed from their teeth to enrich the lust of their tormentors in Berlin, London, Basel, and the wealthy aristocratic families of America as recorded in history books. As I sat overlooking the Temple Mount on the 73rd year of the United Israel, the morning news came to my mind regarding the Germans who died by the torrential rains that I talked to you about. Equal to about three minutes in Treblinka. I felt no remorse for them. On the contrary, I thought, as I have done many times before, where is Hashem, the master of justice and holy revenge, to bring some semblance of satisfaction to remaining victims? What, only 1,300 Germans are estimated to die? Why not 6 million to begin with? And then, it came to my mind, the Pasuk in Ovadia, the Navi Ovadia, first chapter, one chapter, Pasuk number 21. It says, Valu Moshiim Behar Tzion, Lishpotet Harisav, Vaital Hashem Hamlucha. The deliverers or the redeemers will rise up on the mountain of Zion, <coughs> the judge the mountain of Esav, and then the kingdom will be of, Shem, of Hashem's. Meaning, when the great day of judgment comes, it will not be 
the revenge of an individual Jew towards individual Jew to a specific tormentor or natural event as heavy rainfall. It will be the entire Jewish nation, sons of Yaakov, who dwell in Mount Zion, Medina Israel, who will devour all the sons of Esau. And the world of that Esau will admit that Hashem is the Creator. Holy One, blessed be He, was chosen in the Jewish people to be His favorite possession. Those who rise up on the Mount of Zion will be under the flag of Medina Israel the messenger of Hashem to the world. And the mound of Asaf are the Christian nations of Europe, beginning with Portugal to the west, continuing with Spain, England, France, Germany, Belgium, all of them, down to the end of including Russian Siberia. Germany is not Asaf. They are but one limb of the diseased and infectious body of Asaf. How will it evolve that minuscule and Aryan population Medina that Israel will bring down the largest Jewish cemetery in the world called Europe. We have difficulty interpreting hindsight history, much less future sight. So no one can predict how it will happen, but it surely will. Medina that Israel, by some twist of history, the Hashem pulling the strings, will be responsible for the destruction of the descendants of Esau on an international scale. As the prophet of Badia says in verse 18, And Yaakov will be a fire and Yosef a flame. Esau will be stubble and they will set him on fire and destroy him. There will be no survivors from Esau. Hashem has spoken. In conclusion, I just want to say, don't be confused or befuddled by the fact that Europeans of today are not the murderers of yesterday. They're the children and grandchildren. Hashem knows the evil thoughts of men. The German, the Pole, and all the former allies of the destroyed Third Reich are the children and grandchildren of the murderers of yesterday, but they will be the murderers of tomorrow. One does not become more moral by losing a war. So as I sat overlooking Mount Zion, the Temple Mount, I saw in my mind's eye a beautiful world whose center is the third temple of Hashem. Hashem's answer to the Third Reich it will be a world where the evil doers of all sorts will not be participants. After the last three weeks of reading Haftarot of Calamity, Shloshta Pranuta, this Shabbos we will begin reading Shabbat Nechemta, seven Haftarot of Comfort. Beginning with Yeshayahu, chapter 40, verse 1. It says, Nachamu, Nachami, be comforted, <coughs> be comforted, your Lord will declare. Why does the Navi, why, is he, why does he repeat the word comforted? Be comforted, be comforted, your Lord will declare. I suggest Yeshayahu is prophesizing that in the future, which is now, Hashem will comfort the people in two ways. First, by permitting the exile of Am Yisrael to return to the promised land and be again sovereign over Yerushalayim. Second, second comfort, by punishing our tormentors and enemies, descendants of Yishmael and Esav, thus restoring the honor and dignity of Am Yisrael and of our Father in heaven. Finished. So I have two points I'd like to raise. The first is, 
<clears throat> there is a, uh, a news brief that I just got now that says that more than 33,500 New Yorkers have moved to Florida in the last 10 months, according to the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. So there seems to be a mass aliyah, but it seems to be going in the wrong direction. Instead of coming here to Eretz Israel, it seems to be going from New York to Florida. Um, I was wondering, I've gotten in the past uh, week or two, actually even more than that, I've gotten a lot of angry responses, emails from listeners, from friends that are complaining that Eretz Israel has shut their doors, Medinat Israel has shut their doors to the Jewish people, Jewish people, they say, like themselves, that are Zionists, that are lifetime supporters of the state of Israel, and now in their time of need, when they want to come home and they want to visit, they are not able to do so because the gates have been closed, the doors are locked. And, uh, of course, they, they do not see Aliyah as an option for them for whatever reason at this point, but uh, they still are very, very angry at the fact that the state is closing the doors and not allowing Jews to come and visit their homeland. What are your thoughts about that? First of all, I predicted it many years ago. <clears throat> People in Chutzlaretz that are clamoring now to come here view this country as a place to visit. The come for Pesach. Should we go to Aruba this year or should we go to Israel? Aruba is cheaper. Let's go to Aruba. That's where we're viewed. But it's a tourist place. There was always Aliyah, but in the United States, Aliyah was very small. Always very small. And I wrote, Akodibuchu works by a stopwatch. How many years to be slaves in Egypt? For 210. How many years to be in Galut, Babel? 70. Everything is a stopwatch. And Hashem gives a wisdom, a window of opportunity to come, come free. The law of return become citizen immediately. No one is stopping you except yourself. And I said the door is going to close. And I wrote it many, many times. And door closed. It closed not because Israel wants to close. Israel wants Aliyah, but because simply Corona. Corona makes it very difficult to bring people in. And also there's a there's a lack of housing in Israel. Baruch Hashem, you come to that point that the roads are clogged with brand new cars and whatever it is. If I recall well, it was Ponce de Leon that uh, discovered Florida and he thought over here is the fountain of youth. If I remember my, my history I'm from Yeshiva Flatbush. The Jews found a substitute for Israel. Go to Florida. Florida is Miami. Here we have Miami. Miami is the water of my nation, water of my people, Torah. The doors will open again. It's not going to last permanently. But then they're going to close again. But in the interim between opening and closing, you're not going to come here anyway. Only a few people are going to come. It's like the moment the pressure is off, you go back to what you were before. Anyway, I say, if you want to come, prepare, make all the preparations. The, world, the window will come back again of opportunity only once. 
And then who knows how long, a year, two, three, then it'll be shut again, and that's permanent. Imagine the feeling in time of Noah. The rain started to drizzle a little bit, then a little bit stronger, then the people saw Noah and his family going to the Teva, to the ark. And then there's the regular, this is regular, this regular rain, this is something else. And door was shut, and they're clamoring on the door, open the door, and you couldn't open the door, and they were out. Don't let this happen to you. When the doors open up again one more time, you have to come. If you don't come, with all the reasons not to come, and your children, and, and uh, whatever it is, they're gonna close again. Because America is an extension of Europe. And what I read today about Europe, going to also North America. The United States could have saved millions of Jewish lives just by bombing the tracks to the concentration camps. Now, once did they ever do it in all the years of the war? In any event, that's what it is. No one knows what the future. The future will be something else entirely. Hashem should all of a sudden take the world and, and send down all of his love to everybody. But it's not going to happen. It's much more, very interesting that the word virus, like the word avarus, like a sin. A virus comes because of avarus. And uh, everyone should look into his heart, what's my avera? What's my virus? <clears throat> Fill out all the papers you can. Go to the Israeli consulates, wherever you have to go, and fill all the forms and be ready when the door opens again, it will open again, be ready to come. I think Aliyah is open. I think that those that are willing to make the jump right now are still invited and welcome to do so in most uh, parts of the world. Uh, it's, the, it's the visiting, the people that just want to come for a visit that are being restricted. And uh, you just, when you, when you were saying over what uh, your vision is, I was, I was thinking in my mind how if you're, you look at a train you know, you're in New York and there's, you're in the subway and before the doors close, there's a warning, there's a beep, whatever it is, it warns you, the doors are about to close, get, a, get on. And sometimes people start getting on and at the last, as the doors are closing, somebody blocks the doors and it opens up one more time and allows people to get on. But then once that, once that person gets on, it closes shut and then people can be banging on the door and there's no way to get on at that point. It's, they're closed for good. And that uh, really... Reminds me of what uh, what you're saying now that uh, the the doors have been temporarily closed as a warning to those that are abroad that uh, this is the time this is the time to to make the move if ever there was a time before this is the time to make the move and for those that don't heed that call they, they can have very very serious and dire consequences. Just like to add one more comment. Many reasons that people cannot come. Objectively. If you cannot come, send your children. What do you mean send my children? What's, what's going to be with them? What, what are they going to do? Send your children. And the, there was a time Israel had something called Aliyat Noah, where the Noah, the young people came, and the parents came later. And the young people put, they were, everyone found this place. If you cannot come, send your children. You, and then they will bring you, and then the family will be saved. 
And we see that's also the case, that people that even want to visit, if they have a first-degree relative that is here in, in Erez Israel, they have a much easier time in, in filling out the forms in order to come here, and the state does allow people that have first-degree relatives to come. Um, I can only say that uh, I hope, and, uh, and we continue to pray. I, I want to I make it clear that we're not against the Jews of Chutzlaretz, that we are actually going above and beyond to try to speak. That's why we have this show, in order to be able to speak to people and convince them that this is the time. We're, we're praying on a daily basis that the Jews from around the world, there should be a kibbutz galiot, and they should all come back home. But they shouldn't wait. They, the waiting is the problem. I, I always, I've spoken many times about what I refer to as the MMM, the magical Mashiach moment that uh, many people grow up with in Chutzlaretz. This idea that there's going to be a Mashiach that's going to appear out of the blue, and the Beit HaMikdash is going to fall out of the sky, and everybody's going to be transported, Al-Kanfein Esharim, to Eretz Israel on the wings of eagles. And I believe that that is inconsistent with the way that uh, our sages have seen uh, the future as happening. The, we understand, we know the Yerushalmi, the famous Yerushalmi that says, Kima, Kima, that it's a, that's a slow process. We know the Rambam who speaks about the process, the redemptive process happening, B'derach HaTeva, in, in a natural way. And I think that even if those that are, are, were convinced in years past of this concept of mikdash min hashemayim, that we're waiting for some magical moment, even according to them, if they just look out at what's happening over the past 150, 200 years, definitely over the past 73 years, you can see that this is clearly happening exactly as the Rambam suggested, that it's happening in a natural format, and uh, supernatural things are, are not happening. We don't see the supernatural. Of course, there are miracles that happen here daily, but we don't see it. We, we see it in a natural form. And part of that natural form is for Jews to not get on the wings of eagles, but to get on an al-al flight home. You reminded me, which I read, there's a great, uh, great Israeli Talmud Chacham, Rabbi Yoshiv, and he passed away several years ago. But there was a time when he was sick for an extended period. And he was in the hospital and he lost consciousness. And when he came back after a few days, the attending doctor said to him, Arab, Rabbi, you're alive by a miracle. And the rabbi says, the doctor, and your life is not a miracle? Josh, you talk about miracles. Every day is a miracle. You have also mentioned MMM. I always thought MMM, the definition of a Jew, Mitzvah-making machine. Ah. That's the way, huh? Mitzvah-making machine. Very nice. Okay. Okay. Shabbat shalom, kolam. Nachmun ha'chamu'ami. Amen. Be well. Thank you for listening to the Bring Them Home Aliyah podcast. If you identify with our message, please subscribe and tell your friends about us too. You can leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps us grow. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. For sponsorship opportunities and for all other inquiries, please email us at bringthemhomeisrael at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.israeltorah.org for more content on this vital topic. This is the place to be. My